Welcome to your mom. Your mom podcast. Your mom's podcast. This isn't any podcast. This is your mother's podcast. My mom's podcast. Nah, dude, she's your mom. With Ashley Allison and Lisa McCaffrey. Your mom is a podcast. Shut up, dude. Oh, welcome to your mom. So glad to have you with us, Ashley Adamson, Lisa McCaffrey. We are almost four months in to this podcast, which is kind of amazing. And Lisa, we talk about it all the time, but to me, the thing that's been so special is the women that we've gotten to meet and the moms that we've gotten to connect with and become friends with. This episode is a little bit different uh, than the other interviews we've done because, well, I'll just start with the fact that you may not know the name Bryson Thompson, but... In my opinion, you should. And we are going to introduce you to him and to his mom today. Bryson, nine years old, diagnosed with epilepsy when he was four. His dad is the running backs coach at Cal. Uh, wonderful man, Aristotle Thompson. Wonderful name, too, by the way. Yeah, that's the best uh, of the name. It's the best Love name. It. And his and his mom is Sarah Thompson, who grew up in no, a his football wife. family. Aristotle's yes. wife. Aristotle's yeah. wife is Sarah. Yeah, Sarah Thompson. Thank you. It's just the family. We're going to get out a family tree here. Yeah, seriously. Um, Sarah Thompson, Bryson's mom, grew up in a football family herself. She has an amazing background as well. Her, her dad is Stan Brock, Hall of Fame tackle who played 16 years in the NFL, the bulk of his career for the New Orleans Saints. So he was on the offensive line protecting Archie Manning. So some cool connections there, Lisa. Yes. Yes. Except the Cal. Well, we won't hold Except that against Except the Cal <laughs> connection. I knew you were going to sneak that in there. And it is big game week, so we can have some fun with that towards the end as well. <laughs> and the uh, 40th anniversary of the play, right? That's right. Yes. Big which week. It's it's a big week. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be there. Wait, so. and forgive my ignorance. Is it at Cal or is it at It's Stanford? at Cal. At Cal. Okay. at Cal, yes. So it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance around Lots, yeah. that game. Um, so yeah, most people know that I work for the Pac-12 Network, but it was at the Cal spring game this past April. Yogi Roth, uh, my colleague who everybody knows or should know, came up and said, hey, I have a mom that I want to introduce you to. So I meet Sarah. I felt an instant connection to her. And she started telling me about Bryson's journey and, and what they're doing to not only raise awareness um, around epilepsy, but to help kids and families who have epilepsy. And so, you know, there's amazing nonprofit that Bryson and his older brother Brock started called Helmets for Helmets. We'll get into that. My dad, just a quick personal aside, I think one of the reasons I felt an immediate connection on this topic was that my dad had childhood epilepsy. And I, I will tell that story more as we go. But the reality is there's a huge stigma still attached to epilepsy and seizures. And I think people don't know really what to do or how to talk about it or, you know, how to help support people. So it is National Epilepsy Awareness Month. I will stop talking and welcome in uh, a woman who I think should have her own damn show, Sarah Thompson. <laughs> welcome to your mom. It is awesome to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you both. And I'll tell you what, we did a feature um, on you guys for the Pac-12 Network, and we'll link to that in the show notes so people can go watch it. But I truly, I've just fallen in love with your family. Like the, the second that I met you, I felt connected to you. Meeting Bryson, you have, you guys have five kids, four at home. Mm -hmm. So I just want to start with like, tell me, 
And how you are you, have your how tree are you doing? Up. And you have you your have, Christmas tree up. If you're watching this on YouTube, and your tree up. I'm like, and it looks beautiful. Like, what? we're not worthy. We are not no, worthy. No, you you already won. So we're gonna get off and just let you talk for. Oh no! Somebody the other day said in a text message, one of my friends that she said, "I think that you're a saint for trying to do all this stuff." And how are you have you know all these kids on all these different teams? And I was like. Maybe stupid is a better word. I'm not sure. <laughs> a little crazy. You got to be a little crazy. Yes. To, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's all part of it. Yes. Um, so we, I want to dive into, you know, there's so much that we want to talk about and you have such a poignant message around epilepsy. And I want to hear about Bryson's journey because I think, um, you know, it really touched my heart and I know that it touched everyone who's been able to know your story, but let's start with your background and, and growing up as the daughter of Stan Brock and what, what that was like, like, give us your Give us the cliff notes to how your childhood was like. Uh, cliff notes is uh, a hard one for that because it was the most amazing experience. I'm I'm so grateful. My dad was drafted when I was six months old and played in the NFL until I was 16. So that was a huge chunk of my life. Um, and I'm so thankful for my parents who both came from families of eight. They met in second grade. They've been married now for 44 years, I think. And they kept us grounded in a world, and you both know that, that can just explode and people can get big heads and all these egos. My parents really kept us so grounded and I'm so grateful for that piece. And then all the experiences that came along with it. Um, you know, in his 15th year, he finally went to the Super Bowl. Um, and we played the 49ers and lost terribly, but it was just that ex that whole experience. And that was his goal was to get to the Super Bowl. Mm. It took him 15 oh. years to get there. He got there and, you know, the, the parades and, and all of that and getting to grow up around the people that we did. I mean, I could probably do five shows of, of just, you know, you can stories make. of how he taught Peyton Manning, you know, my dad taught Peyton Manning how to drive because Archie was too nervous. And, um, and Jason Garrett, his rookie year, he was at our house. We used to always have players at our house, um, you know, rookies that didn't have families for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, you know, my mom would buy them little toys and Jason Garrett's jumping over the back of the couch, shooting these little disc guns and just a really cool experiences that I'm so thankful for. Wow. It's amazing. And I think about, um, you know, there's probably so many stories and you mentioned the relationships that are created along the way. And there is a lot that I think you give up when you're in a family, when you're either married to or the child of a football player or coach. And Lisa could talk at, you know, at length about right. a lot of that. But the positivity, like you talking about just how much joy it brought uh, is really special. What was your favorite memory with with your dad's career? Oh my gosh. I think um, when they won to go to the Super Bowl, when they beat the Steelers, nobody thought the Chargers, this is obviously when he was with the Chargers, nobody thought the Chargers were going to make it. The Steelers already had their hotels booked and everything for the Super Bowl. And when we beat them, and then I was 15 and my mom was at the game. And so I took my whole family and my grandma was watching us and we drove down to the stadium for the players to get back and watching my dad walk off that bus and knowing that was his goal to get to the Super Bowl and that he had finally made it. And he's, you know, six, seven, 300 pounds and he sees us and he's choked up and, and tearing up. And I think that was probably my, my favorite experience. What year was that? What year was that Super Bowl? Uh, 94, 95. 
Ed was on the Niners then. Oh, was he? Yeah. <laughs> he he, that's, that's, he single-handedly, um, yeah, drove the Niners to victory. Oh, yes. yes. Kidding. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. You do. Yeah. No, he was a backup to Jerry Rice. He, he, he was one for five, one catch for five yards. <laughs> Still got a Super Bowl ring though. I, I should say. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was. Yeah. yeah. So you get, wow. All right. Wow. Well, yeah. Lisa, I remember that we hate Bowl. Ed now. I yeah. just sorry. I know. all those nice no, things I've no, said about no, Ed, I take them all yeah. back. No. <laughs> no, Ed was a he barely played. Don't yeah, it wasn't uh, Ed. Did <laughs> your Jerry mom... Rice for being so good? Damn him. <laughs> I gotta ask you, Sarah. Did your mom ever uh, try to talk you out of marrying a football coach? No, she no. Didn't. Wow. No, she did not. She they loved Arisalo from the beginning. We went to high school together. We didn't date in high school, but. Aristotle is so modest, but he was the top running back in the state of Oregon. And so everybody knew who he was and we met later, but my, they all instantly loved him so much that there was no, there was no talking me out of anything because they, they loved it. And, and my dad was a coach after he played too. So I knew that world and I, you know, and you were willing to getting into, I think Aristotle is always very thankful for that piece that you know, I already knew what was, what the drill was and, and I embrace it. We love having, I cook for the players before every home game. Um, I cook them breakfast and, and we used to have them in our house at Cal, when we were at Cal Poly, cause we were so close, but now I deliver it to them and, and oh the gosh. kids look forward to that so much. And, you know, I'm even cooking for them this week because they asked for cinnamon rolls. So I'm getting ready to make oh them like, like 45 dozen cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Ashley, along those lines, what'd you make your kids for breakfast? They had cereal. Your two, your two kids. Had cereal. Yeah, did you pour the milk? Did you pour the milk? No, yeah, they had, yeah, I just, I like put, yeah, no, I am. Um, I was like, I have a podcast to get ready for on parenting. So yeah, just you get your mind. own breakfast. Yeah, well, she's already cooked a cinnamon rolls for the whole team, the whole Cal Berkeley team. So well, they, they get oh. treated. My kids had a bar for breakfast. I guarantee you if, <laughs> if Brock even ate breakfast because I left without him even being woken up. So don't. Do that. <laughs> uh, but I think that's the thing that's amazing about being the wife of a coach. And there's so much you, you talk about, you knew the drill, like you kind of knew you went in eyes wide open, know what you're signing up for, but you do become all those connections. And I've heard former players of Aristotle's and current players um, for the Cal team that we interviewed when we were there doing the feature talk about having, you're like a second mom to them. And oh. that is really special and unique and i think sometimes gets lost in the mix of you talk about the the relationships around the coaches and players but so often it's it's the moms and yeah. the wives who really have a huge impact so right I, and they, you guys i know just from my experience we bond so strongly because you're left alone half the time and there's not many other people that have the, are on that same schedule it's an odd schedule and it's like i i said this on another podcast it can be lonely sometimes so you end up gravitating to each other and um, become some, probably some of your best friends. And yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Cause we're all in it together. Yeah. And yeah. Win, like, lose or draw, whatever the case. Yep. Yeah. And you all want to win. Yeah. yeah. That's a big bond. Yeah. yeah. But I would, uh, I will say like one of my greatest, like, I just love it when the players call me, they call me mom oh. and that like, I, I just love it so much. And, um, I do events. I do very, I don't do weddings cause I just don't do it, but I have done 
four players' weddings so far. Oh and gosh. they're the only ones that I will do their weddings for. <laughs> wow. I, I just love that they call me mom and that, you know, that just means so much. What about like ex-Stanford football players' weddings? Would you be willing to maybe do <laughs> yes. that? Who happens to be a running back? Like if sure. there was a wedding, yes. would you running do it? Back. You got me at running back, yes. Yes, there you go. I love it. The running back bond. I knew there'd be a bond somewhere. You <laughs> know, Super Bowl. We'll talk I just want to say that if, if Christian and Olivia ever do, um, or whoever Christian marries, if it's Olivia, whatever... <laughs> I think you should announce it on this podcast. I just, I, I feel oh, like that we'll was have them announce it on the podcast. Yeah. You're manifesting okay. it right now. I, right. That's true. Manifest yeah. so much on this podcast. That I know. Sarah, what do you want? What's your number one dream or goal right now? Say yeah. Tell it, us what you want, Sarah. Well, I don't think Lisa, you'll like it, but if we could get oh, no. some more cow wins, I, I would, that would be, <laughs> <laughs> let's manifest you, that. I thought you were going to get one last week. I'll tell you what, oh, I was at the I USC game too. and boy, that is oh, a team wow. that did not quit. I was so, I was like, so stressed watching that game. That's what I do too. I get more done during a football game if I'm at home watching than anything because you're yeah. that nervous energy. Just oh, oh, Sarah, you do do so much. I don't. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. I feel like you've got more hours in the day and a bigger heart than you know anyone I've ever met. Let Let's talk about your journey and Bryson's journey. You have four kids at home, so mm-hmm. Brock is the oldest, and then you have Bryson, and then is it Peyton, and then Peyton, and then Lennon, and then Lennon. Okay, so yeah. Tell me about when Bryson first got sick or when you first started noticing that was something was off. He was he was four years old from what I remember. And you yeah, just right kind of started noticing that something four. wasn't right. What yeah, happened? We just right before he turned four, we were just noticing that he was falling over a lot. And he's a super athletic kid, even at a young age. And we honestly just thought that his feet were growing too big for his body to catch up and he was tripping over them. Um, and then one time he ran towards me and he just looked terrified, absolutely terrified. And he fell over and he, um, quivered. It wasn't a full, what you think of a seizure, but he quivered. And I just, I called my friend who was a nurse at the time. And I just said that he keeps doing this and now he shook. And she said, you need to go to the emergency room. And they did an EEG and they confirmed that, um, he had had been having seizures. Wow. And so, they put him on um, medicine right away. And two weeks later, um, Aristotle was in San Diego recruiting and he fell in the backyard and Brock was with him and Brock came running in and he said, Bryson fell over and he's not moving. And so I, I looked out the door and I, I honestly thought that we had lost him. Um, and I rolled him over and his eyes were um rolling into the back of his head and then the full body twitches started and he was in a full grand mal seizure that lasted 15 minutes. And so had to, you know, Brock, I cannot say enough about Brock. Brock was um, six years old at the time. We had not gone through anything, but he and Lennon, um, our youngest was uh, four months old. And so Brock just took over and he took it and he ran with everything and he waited by the door for his next instructions. He let the paramedic, I mean, it was just incredible to watch him maneuver. Um, And then Aristotle was, you know, so far away, five hours away that we couldn't even, he couldn't even get to us and recruiting, of course. And so um, that was so hard on him. And thankfully we have been blessed with, amazing head coaches who understand the importance of family and that we don't take advantage of that, but still, um, in those emergency situations, they've been so understanding. 
So anyway, then it's just has snowballed from there to where he was having a hundred gram malls in an 18 hour time period. And our hospital in San Luis Obispo couldn't get it to stop. We were put in an ambulance and taken down to CHLA um, to try to help him. And we were down there for, I think we were in the hospital for three weeks at that point. And that's when they told him that he was going to have to start wearing a helmet. And um, that's kind of where the whole story started. And, and we got a helmet. Our insurance, of course, denied it because they decided that it wasn't medically necessary when the doctors were telling him it was. Mm. Um, that's a whole nother story. But then so my dad was like, if we're if he's going to wear a helmet, we're going to make it cool. And so he called the equipment manager at the Saints, who at the time was the same equipment manager that he had all wow. 13 years there. Wow. And they sent him their, their helmet, their actual helmet stickers. So we made it look like a Saints helmet. Oh, um, and that's just kind of where it started. And he's still seizing. He had a seizure this morning, um, which is why he's home with me. He has them almost daily still. Mm-hmm. And um, they're scary. And and I, I said, you know, in our piece that we're six years into it and, everyone is still just as terrifying. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the hardest parts, um, well, there's a million hard parts, but it's the unknown. And so even when you, when you go to the doctors and you feel like you go to the doctor and okay, we'll, we'll go to whatever specialist, someone's got to be able to give us an answer and tell us, Hey, this will work, or let's try this, Mm -hmm. or here is a path. It feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but especially with epilepsy, it's like, well, some of these drugs work for some people, some work for other people. Let's try these. And so there's so much out there that um, there's not a clear path as to, okay, this is the treatment and we're going to go all in on this. What has it been like to maneuver and, you know, those emotions and just the like business side of it, of trying to figure out what to do? That I think was the hardest part for us to come to terms with because- as parents, we take our kids to the doctor for an ear infection and they give you amoxicillin and they send you home and it takes the ear infection away. We didn't have the understanding of these neurological disorders and that they are so difficult. And, um, it is like shooting darts at a board. And we were like, this is not just give us something to make it stop. We just need it to stop. And they couldn't do that. And that was the most frustrating thing to come to terms with. And, and we're still fighting that we still wholeheartedly we have to stay positive in this world that we're in and we feel like there's something out there we just haven't found it yet there's something out there that are that is going to help him and that is going to allow him to live the life that he wants and and deserves we just have to as parents keep fighting to find that yeah do you have any indication is it a hereditary thing or how did this come about any idea at all? Or is it's it just- not hereditary. We've done so many genetic testings and geome testings, and we've been all over the state of California, really, and in Oregon to try to, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And they cannot, they can't, we've had some doctors tell us that um, he has um, issues with his kidneys functioning properly. Um, we've had other doctors tell us that he has um, a ton of heavy metals in his brain. And we need to clear those out that his gut isn't working properly. So we're trying all of that right now. Yeah. Um, he's had surgeries. He's had um, the VNS implant, which is like a pacemaker for your brain. Uh, and that didn't work. And so we actually had that removed last year, which was the scariest day of my life because it was supposed to be an hour surgery. And six hours later, they still hadn't come out. And I was oh for sure that the doctors were just trying to figure out how to come tell us that he had not made it. And oh, my gosh. 
And so, um, it's, you know, we've tried all of that side. So now we're trying things that aren't going to harm him. And it's like, what, you know, right. we're going to do the PRP. We're going to try that. We found a doctor in, in Dallas who is, for lack of a better term, has come up with an equation that helps people with um, severe, um, not disabilities, but disorders. Um, and so we're going to try that and that, you know, it's, we just have to, we have to check off these boxes. Right. Yeah. I don't blame you. Of course. Yeah. Wow. And can you describe too, because I think a lot of people, we talk about the importance of making sure that people are educated and aware and understand epilepsy and seizures. Can you both the like medical definition and then Aristotle told me like what a seizure actually feels like, how doctors have described what it feels like. Can Mm -hmm. you kind of describe Yes. What happens when you have a seizure? Yeah. So seizure is basically um, a excess in electrical activity in your brain and it doesn't know where to go. And then sometimes those um, it's like a, it's like a road, right. And in your brain. And so all of those neurons, and then when there's a break, your whole body shuts down and that's when a, a seizure will happen. And so um, that's the medical terminology for it. For Bryson, he has all types of seizures. They present in so many different ways And that's why it's so important for, I feel like us to talk about it because he can have seizures where he is just screaming and it looks like a child throwing a fit. And I've had that happen in target before. And parents are just looking at me like, how you're a terrible mom, you know, control your kid. And he's actually having a seizure and, um, or he'll have seizures where he runs from us. Um, he gets anxiety and he gets really upset and, after the Oregon game, he started to have one in the stadium and he will run from you and you, and I can't catch him. He's so, he's got Aristotle speed and I cannot catch him. And so it scared me and I got him down to the offices to Aristotle just in time. And Aristotle has a way of just bringing him out of these seizures. Um, but, and, or he'll have drops where he will just drop head first to the ground and, um, has no body control and, they're scary for him. You know, they're so scary. He has a lot. Does, how does, does he describe how he feels when he's, and does each of them feel different? Um, he's starting to get old enough to be able to describe, um, how he's feeling or telling us or, um, his paraeducator, cause he's in a, a mainstream classroom, but it, he has a paraeducator and telling her, I don't feel good. So and she knows at that point he, he's feeling like he's going to have one. And so he's starting to be able to tell us that. Um, and Ashley, I think what you were, t- the, how the doctors described it to us, because we've never had a seizure. So we have no clue, but they described it that if you have one seizure, it feels like you have ran a marathon with the worst migraine you've ever had. Okay. And at the end of that marathon, you get hit by a semi-truck. Oh my gosh. And that's what your body and your head feel like after just one seizure. So is he just exhausted after he has one? Just that's it for the day. He's tired or no, no. I mean, I know he's my own kid and so I'm totally biased, but he is incredible because he will have a huge grand mall where I've had adults tell me that they're out for days after they have one. And an hour and a half later, he's ready to go play in his football game or his baseball game. And, and he's out there running around and, um, it's, it's really amazing and inspiring to me to hear these adults saying that it puts them out for three days yeah. and yet Bryson's here having multiple a day and going out and playing his sports. Wow. To that point, I, I, if I recall correctly, he had 
I think it was a grand mall the morning that we did the piece that you came uh -huh. to Cal. So we have this shoot set up. You bring Brock and Bryson and a delightful friend of yours. You bring all of this, you know, all the signed helmets because we're going to talk about, you know, the helmets for helmets. So you've got all this stuff you're pulling in and you show up and you look amazing and you guys are so positive. And then you mentioned to me, he had a huge seizure this morning and I'm looking at him and he's just this delightful, <laughs> smiling, like it, it honestly makes me feel emotional because he's just running around there with a smile on his face and he, you can tell he's just enjoying life as a kid, as, as any nine-year-old would. And it is the perspective is, is the way that Justin Wilcox put it. He's like, I hate that word, but there's not another word for it. It seeing him out there with whatever stuff we feel like we're going through. And you see this kid and everything that he's battling to be out there and smiling and running around. And you spoke really, I, I loved what you said about what football does for him. What is yeah. football? What is football meant to him? Especially when he's, as he's coming out of these seizures. Um, it's everything to him and it's everything to him outside of like even pulling him out of the seizures. We have, um, you know, we told a story that one time we were at saints training camp and he was having a seizure where he was starting to run. And, um, Thomas Moore said, who was with the saints at the time, brought him over a football. He had no idea. And he immediately brought him out of what could have been a terrible, wow. really scary seizure. And that's what football does for him. We'll watch cow highlights. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie to you this morning. He was watching Christian's highlights um, when he was at Stanford even. And he just, he loves football so much and it brings him so much joy that I think that's, and that's where he, he thrives and, and he wants to be on that field so bad with, with everybody. And does so, he, does he play? Is he on a team right now? He plays flag football. We're not okay. quite, um, Brock plays tackle. We just let him start last year. Okay. Um, but Brock is also, you know, just turned 13 and he's 6'1", 210 pounds. So, oh my gosh. Wow. Um, Does he but, want to come to the UNC Bears? I was just going to say, Ed, Ed, better call him. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I will After offer him. My dad got inducted into the Colorado. My dad went to Colorado. Oh, no way. Okay. Got into, wow. He got inducted into the Buffalo's Hall of Fame. I think Brock was eight at the time. Okay, and cool. the athletic director was like, we're offering Brock, right? Yeah, now. no, forget that. <laughs> Wait, what about the UNC Bears? Greasy, are you kidding? I'll make him cinnamon rolls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ashley will pour him cereal. Yeah, I'll let him get his own cereal, no problem. Yes, if he's there with oh, you. And God. for the record, if there's any compliance people listening, I'm kidding, I'm not really. Okay, just so you know, there's no. <laughs> uh, I feel like compliance now in the day of NIL and like, oh I'm gosh, like, what, yeah. what is legal? Like, I, I feel like anything goes really in the world of, I mean, it's insane. That's all. It's illegal if Ed or if Aristotle is watching a game in the stands and says hello to a family and they have a child that's of age, yeah. they have to report that. Like yeah. if there's a child that plays football because yeah, Ed got in trouble because we knew a family prior and we said hello to a, a family. We were at another game, whatever. And um, somebody told on Ed because he said he was illegally recruiting that kid. It's we were saying hello to like people we knew. Like, it's insane, Meanwhile, millions like, of dollars. What are about exchanging the yeah? Hands. What about the millions yeah. exactly? That's exchanging. Yeah, hands. I'm like, it's that is what we're going after. It's I know, insane. and all we did was say hi. Or yeah, because we feel like yeah. jerks if we don't say hi. Like, uh, yes, he didn't really get in trouble, but he did have to go in and explain himself. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. And Brock's on a seven on seven football team. And Aristotle is always like, I'm going to Brock's game. Like this is Brock is on. Right. 
Right. I'm going to his game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm watching my son. I'm not, he's not allowed to even look at any other yeah. kid. He has to have blinders on. Right? Blinders yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sarah, what is it like for you? I, I think there's, we, we know and I'm so can sorry. imagine. Can I interrupt you for one second? Sure. Yes, you 100%. may. Kind of like teetering around. Can you yeah, give yeah. me one quick second? Take your time. Take your time. Okay. I'm so, so sorry. No, no gosh. is he okay? I just had to make sure that he was not. Yeah. And ready to go into one. Well, and like yeah. I said, if you ha have them come okay. hang out, sit next to you, whatever, it's, okay. it's all, it's all good. Okay. Um, but I, I just wanted to ask, you know, what, it, what is it like for you? Because I think we, you know, we talked about what it feels like for so many other people, but as the mother of someone who has epilepsy and the type of epilepsy that Bryson has, what is, what is it like? Um, that's a really hard question. You're going to get me with that one. Um, it's hard. It's hard. And we try our best to stay as positive as we can because he's so positive. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't have my moments where I just go in my bathroom and close the door and, and lose it because you feel out of, you feel like you have no control and this is your child that you're supposed to be protecting and you can't protect him. And that's the hardest part for me. And so I just need to have those moments sometimes where I just go and I release it and then I can come back out and be positive for him because that's what he needs. He's the one that's, you know, going through all of this and, and I have to stay positive for him and make sure that I can protect him at least as much as I can, because you do feel so helpless. And as a parent, I feel like that's the worst feeling to have. And you have three others that you're raising as well in the house. So that has to be a lot. Yeah. A lot. So yeah, trying to make sure that they're okay and that they know, because there is so much out there that um, siblings of kids who have disabilities, they don't want to burden their parents anymore. So I always try to make sure that the other kids know you're, you're not, I want to, I want to help you with your problems. And I try to do one-on-one -on -one stuff with them and, and make sure that they're doing okay. And, and I still don't feel like they fully tell me, you know, how they're really feeling. Right. Um, but I make sure that they know that, that whatever they are feeling, it's okay. And that Aristotle and I are here to help them walk through that. that that's a really important and interesting point that you make about the siblings. Cause what I was going to ask is like, how has it impacted you know, obviously we've seen, you've, you've talked about the way that Brock has protected his brother and the relationship that they have is so special. Um, and then the two younger ones, how do you think it's impacted his siblings? Um, I think in a positive way, they are more empathetic to not only their sibling, but other people around them. Um, they will have other kids in class who maybe act out. And I think we're in a world where so many people judge others. I do feel like um, my kids are more empathetic to that because they, they see how that affects, you know, the kids themselves and the families. And, and so I'm really proud of them for that piece um, that it has affected them that way. I think other things that it, they do Brock, especially, um, on his own grew up really fast and, and trying to take on a lot of protecting Bryson and, and making sure that he was okay. And we try to keep him as a kid as much as we can. Um, but also really proud of him for, I mean, this foundation that they, that they came up with when they were six and eight, 
nothing makes me more proud than to see them helping other people. And, and so I think turning it into a positive and something that could be just so, um, what was me? I'm not, I'm not getting to do this because he had a seizure this morning. They, they have really learned how to pivot very, very well. Um, and are the first ones there. They just know when I need help, you know, when, when Bryson's running are the scariest seizures to me. And, and they know that they, you know, we have to kind of corral him and, and they just do it. And we've never really talked about it. They just do it. And that, that piece has been really awesome to see them. Um, so as a positive, I think that's how that's affected them. Wow. Well, I'm going to get you a helmet for sure for, um, the charity helmets for helmets. Um, we would love that so much. And I don't know if they care. They might spit on it and throw it away, especially, especially next week. But <laughs> we'll absolutely get a 49er helmet signed by Christian. Or that would be so amazing. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. What a great cause. And can you tell what Helmets for Helmets is exactly? Yes. Um, so Helmets for Helmets is um, the boys ask for uh, signed memorabilia from athletes um, we have guitars signed from Little Big Town and Sam Hunt. And um, so they kind of have a, a, a array of celebrity memorabilia. And we auction those off in order to buy epilepsy helmets for uh, other kids across the country. And they've even helped some kids in Canada oh, um, wow. buy helmets that they need so that they can be regular kids. I hate the word regular, um, but but so they can do what they should be doing. And that's going out and playing and living the best life that they are able to, to live. And does he have to wear a helmet all the time? Like even yeah. sleeping as well? Not in, not in his sleep. Or okay. if he's sitting on the couch, we'll let him take it off. Um, during the summer at school, as long as he's sitting in a desk, he can take it off. Um, but anytime he's standing, walking around, moving, he has to wear it. Yeah. Well, and yeah. one of the cool things, and you, we talked about this too, Sarah, is, is I can imagine as a kid, and especially as you start to get to that age where you're worried about looking different and feeling different and all of the rest, and he's already dealing with so much. When he sees the Cal football players, because his helmet looks like those guardian caps that, mm -hmm. that now they have started wearing, especially in practice that offer extra protection. I imagine that that has been, you know, he's, he looks like a football player. He yeah. doesn't look like a kid with, you know, with epilepsy who has to wear a helmet. He looks like a, he looks like a football player. Yeah. And that's always been so important to us because he is getting to that age. And even when he was younger, he liked to wear the helmet because it made him feel like a real football player, he said. Oh. And, and so that, um, that was just so important to us. And then when I walked out onto the field the first time when, when they were wearing the guardian helmets, I'd seen it a little bit, you know, during the training camp videos for the NFL and, um, but then to walk out and for him to see that in person, um, I cried. Um, and it was just awesome for him to see because he is getting to that point where he will say, I don't want to be like, I don't want to not be like everybody else. I don't want to be different. Um, we try to spin that in, in, you know, like God made everybody different. He made you special just how you are. And the world would be so boring if everybody was the same. But with the understanding of he's an 11 year old little boy, and I understand where he's, yeah, you know, right. where his feeling is. Totally. And, yeah. and Sarah, you know, I know I've mentioned it to you before, but my, and I mentioned at the top of the show, but my dad had childhood epilepsy. And I always sort of knew that. And we, you know, he had talked to me about that experience and what it was like to me growing up a little bit. But I called him yesterday as I was thinking about this podcast and this interview because I, I just realized I, I wanted to ask him, like, what what do you remember? What was it like? He was in fifth grade. It was the summer before his fifth grade year mm -hmm. when he had his first seizure. And again, a reminder that just 
having these conversations with people that you think you've had and then you have them in a really real way for a purpose. That's been a huge gift of this podcast. And I had an amazing half an hour call with my dad yesterday, but he said it was 58 years ago and I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm. And he said, I just, the way I would describe it, I was lost. I was scared. I felt completely out of control and unbelievably embarrassed. He said, I just remember all those emotions. And then he said, then on top of that, when the kids, his friends and the parents started getting nasty because at first there was some sympathy and he said, and then it turned into this kid's a disruption. He said he was pissed. And so he started getting in fights and it was like this explosion of emotions. Mm -hmm. So what would you, what is the message for families and and people, maybe that they don't even realize that uh, somebody who has epilepsy or maybe they're around it for the first time, but what do you want people to know? What do you wish they could understand? just to take care of each other, just to be, to be kind and, and understanding, I think is the biggest piece of it because yes, it might be a disruption in class. And there are times where Bryson will have a seizure in class and the whole class has to move out of the classroom. So the paramedics can come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always, I always like, I feel bad for the other kids that, that it does disrupt them. Um, but kids can be mean. And I just, I really, um, hope that parents, who are listening or, or anywhere out there can just show their kids empathy and what it means to be empathetic to others, because you don't ever know, no matter what it is, no matter if, you know, somebody's parents are getting divorced or they're moving, you know, no matter what it is, I think, um, you never know what somebody else is going through and, and how their behavior is impacting that. I think that's beautifully yeah. said. And I, it, so my, the end of my dad's story was that he mostly grew out of it. Um, you know, they started, tried every different medication and all the different combinations and went that whole route, had all these different specialists. He said it was the pediatrician who actually got him on the medicine that eventually helped. Um, but in his sixth grade year, and he told me, I've known this teacher's name for forever, but it just, it was like one of those universe winks. The teacher who changed his life was a woman named Amy Thompson. Um, so great last name. And he said that she kept him after like first day of sixth grade and just said, I want you to stay after school because you have a very special talent in writing and I want to help you make the most of your special talent. And he said that moment and then what his life became after that. And my dad is an amazing writer and had a career kind of based on writing it. He said it changed because I had somebody who believed in me and saw something in me other than that I was a kid who had seizures and was disrupting the classroom. So it's sometimes it yeah. takes those other people outside and the belief that, that they have in you to change everything. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that a hundred percent. I, we have been blessed with some amazing teachers, um, in our kids career. And, um, Bryson has one right now who is outstanding and she does a football. I mean, she's perfect for him. They do football club every week in class. It's a math project. And he, you know, he, they pick teams out of a hat and he got the saints. So he was so mm-hmm. happy every week they go through and, and, and she works so hard at finding, cause he doesn't love to read, but she'll find sports things for him to read. And, mm-hmm. and I do agree with that so much that, that, that people, one thing can, can change the, the path, right? Like one, so one smile, one nice comment, mm-hmm. one, how are you doing? You're doing encouragement, anything. Yeah. It makes all the difference. It really yeah. does. It could change the trajectory of a kid's life. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It can. Yeah. Uh, what would you say? We usually, you know, kind of wrap these things up by asking, what would you say your kids 
would say is the best part about having you is their mom. So I know they probably all would have different answers, but what, what do you think, what, what do you think they would say to that? Um, I hope that they say that I support them in whatever that they, they do. Um, and, and that's in anything. That's what I would hope that they would say. Um, I, I hope that they, they see that so much. Um, you know, you guys know it's, it's hard with multiple kids and, and I know Ashley, you're just getting into the the sports and Lisa, you've been through it and I'm right in the middle of it with four kids in, in different sports. And it's like trying to be everywhere. Um, I, I hope that they see that I support them in, in everything. Lisa, as a mom of four who <laughs> did all the sports, you got, you got any insight or advice on what worked or didn't? Um, well, looking back, something I just wish someone had said, just calm down, relax. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. If you miss a practice or you're late, it's going to be all right. It's not going to set them up for failure for the rest of their life if you mess <laughs> up. So, uh, relax <laughs> and get your sleep. I'm telling you, I like, uh, oh. I was, my, I was at my best when I got my sleep. How about that? Let's just yeah. say I didn't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I get a lot of sleep either. I feel that way. And that's helpful because Brock's getting ready to, um, they just won to play in the championship uh, all game next weekend. Amazing. um, Yeah. Against his, against his team and, and his coach for seven on, uh, Maurice Jones drew was actually his coach for seven on seven, but their team in, uh, in tackle football. So I love, I feel that way. I'm like so anxious if I have to, (laughs) you know, miss a game or I don't I don't stand out there during practices. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, (laughs) you can't be everywhere. Every year. Yeah. There's only one of you until they figure out how to clone moms. Right. We're going to have to have a little more grace and and the kids understand. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, because I, your kids are younger and I didn't, you know, I don't have their cell phone numbers or a way to get in touch with them because that would be creepy because that, yes, I did the next best thing, which was I texted your husband and asked him to send a little something. So it, just pull out your phone. I just texted you the video. Um, and this is what the great Aristotle Thompson had to say was his favorite part about you. And you can just go ahead and play it and take a listen. Hey, babe, you're amazing. So proud of you and love all that you are, all that you've become and all that you will be for our family, for our kids, and for yourself, you know, it's awesome to see you taking on so many new things that you aspire to do. You have so much about you that is special. You know, I have to pinpoint one thing, though, that I truly love and I've always loved. And, you know, you got me with this one. Your smile. Your smile is radiant. It exudes confidence. It exudes love. And so... I appreciate and love you for the mother that you are and the woman that you are. But always keep smiling, babe. Through thick and thin, it's been ups and downs, but keep smiling because that truly lights our lives. Love you. (laughs) And I will tell you, even when we did the interview with with Aristotle and with a lot of the Cal assistant coaches when we were at Cal the other day telling Bryson's story, the way that they all talked about you was exactly, I mean, he, he summed it up pretty well, but just you are the, like, it's like the gravity, like the central force through which everything sort of revolves around for the family and you hold it all together. So 
Um, yeah, your smile is amazing. I'm with Aristotle. <laughs> and you are you are winning life. You are kicking ass. Thank You're you. Inspirational. Impressive. Yeah, I appreciate you both so much. No, no, we appreciate and you and know that you've got so much going on. And I, I just, I think one of the last things that I want to ask you is for fan, for families who are going through this, parents who maybe are starting this journey or have a kid who has epilepsy, what, what advice would you have or what words would you want to share with them? Um, don't jump into anything too quickly. Don't jump into a procedure or medication or anything too quickly. Make sure that you um, really take the steps to, to help your child fully. And, and if that's getting a second opinion or getting more testing done, make sure that you take the time to do that because it is scary. And it is it when it first happens and you don't know what to do and you are full in the weeds. Um, just take that time for yourself to, to breathe and, and, and just do as much research as you can on your own to make sure you're doing the best thing for your child, because there's so many, like we said, it's like throwing darts at a board, um, which is so hard. So make sure you take that time. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. And I'm sure sometimes, and you probably know this better than anyone, harder to, harder to do than easy to say and harder yes, to do because yeah, it absolutely. is hard to take time for yourself. I, and that's why I want to, I mean, how, how, how do you take care of yourself? There's so much, there's so many things that everybody needs from you. Right. You're being you, pulled in you, so many yeah. directions, but it sounds you like you anything? have so much energy too. I can't believe it. you like cook for the team and four kids and you have your tree up. Okay. We're, we're not worthy. <laughs> True. I just don't sleep. But yeah. you're nice. I just, <laughs> I just don't sleep. That's the problem. Apparently, yeah. 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 I just, um, I'll take time for myself at at some point. But um, right now, my focus is on, you know, getting Bryson healthy and making sure the kids are happy. And you know, and and Aristotle's really great when he's at home. But you know that, yeah, football, very little, yeah. yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I will at some point. <laughs> well, you're doing great. You're yeah. you are. You're crushing it and you're an inspiration. And I um when there's I felt it so much the day that I we did the interview and I came home, there was a bunch of stuff going on at home and I was so stressed out and the kids were driving me crazy and I had all this stuff and I just thought I just spent the day with like the most inspirational kid mm -hmm. and family and it, it's it was just a, such a poignant reminder to me to like take a breath and realize what you have because it's easy to get caught up in the small things in your own world that feel so big and yeah. Bryson and what he is doing and fighting for and, and how you guys are living it every day is it's inspirational. So you have changed my perspective in a major way. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very grateful to be connected to you and well, know you there's so a lot much. more to come. I feel the same way. So and if people want to find some information on Helmets for Helmets, where, where would you send them? Uh, helmetsforhelmets.com. And it's the number four. So it's helmets, number four, helmets.com. Um, and, and their story is up there and, and all the media and, um, and some of our amazing auction items. I mean, we've just had some amazing people. That's, that's one thing that I will say that has come out of their foundation is seeing the the strength of a community of the sports community come together. And I mean, these, I 
Kobe, Kobe Bryant, the kids meeting Kobe and becoming really close with him before he passed away. And here's this huge superstar that is, is loving Bryson and, and, you know, helping Brock with basketball and, and Adrian Peterson reaching out to us and asking if he can send us a helmet. I mean, it's just these, these, it's just amazing. Um, these stars that have, have come out of it. And we have never once bought a helmet from anybody. It's all straight from the players themselves. And, and for that, I'll be forever grateful because the, these, these people have changed our lives, um, which is just so amazing. So I, I think Aristotle said it beautifully. He said, never underestimate what can happen when people's hearts are touched. And yeah. clearly you guys have touched a lot of people's hearts. So um, now Lisa, Lisa's probably going to charge you for her helmet. I'm just going to so Lisa, are you, are you, <laughs> I'll work on that. I don't want her to be the first to Christian McCaffrey's helmet to be you the first one you have to pay that. for. <laughs> yeah. Send an invoice. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see the outcome of the game first. This outcome. Yeah. Yes. I want, no, well, oh. I don't know if we're done, but I, you don't have to do it now, but I definitely want an address or somewhere to send it for sure. If you can, okay. that yeah. to me. we would love I'll that. I'll put so you guys on a Yeah. Because yeah. uh, on March 18th, um, which now Lisa, that you're maybe in the Bay more, yeah. um, we're having a, a live, an in-person event for helmets for helmets. It is at the top of Cal stadium, but <laughs> I actually so have Lisa won't be allowed Cal to come stadium. in. Yeah. Great memory. So, <laughs> um, but yes, that would be just, so amazing. And I have a quick funny story about Cal Stanford. If, if we, yeah, yeah go, I would love it. Lay it on me. Uh, so I had, I was picking up the kids from school yesterday and Lennon, who is my second grader and just like my little fiery witty one, his teacher came up to me and said, so I, we were talking in class and I was like, Oh gosh, what is she going to say? And she said, we were talking about red, red ribbon week is next week. Mm-hmm. And so all the kids are expected to wear red on Friday, which is the Friday before the Stanford game. Right. Right. And she said, we're talking through it. And Lennon's hand just like fires up in the air <laughs> as soon as she says red. And she gets through her whole thing and, and she says, Lennon, he, and he goes, I'm not allowed to wear red. So I will not be participating in the way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, you know admire, what? No, I that's real. The fandom. I admire the I know. Uh, support. That's no, that's impressive. good. Yeah. And hopefully, wish... Lennon one didn't get in trouble for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> or he didn't. I wish more Stanford fans were like that, though. We're more adamant and, and yeah. defensive, and yeah, that's impressive. Good job. Oh, it is impressive. Some of I... them are like even Bryson broke his arm when we go to Stanford to oh, for him. Right. There's fat heads all over the wall, okay. and, and you know, and and the doctor came in and he's wearing his cow helmet, and yeah. she was like got to get you a Stanford one. And he looked at her and was like, no, we don't. And <laughs> I had to explain that he wasn't being rude. Right. Let me There's explain. Yeah. 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 But he really, and everyone should really be wearing gold and blue. That's what we need for uh, on that Friday. That's a great story. And yeah, it runs deep and, and the kids care. And I think that's the, that's the, the beauty of sports is that it a lot, you know, brings you along for the emotional ride. And sometimes the flip side of that is that, you know, there's plenty of dips on that roller coaster mm-hmm. as well, but yeah. you manifested some Cal wins. So <laughs> we're going to run this tape back. I, I, I'm, I know that there are some, and I texted Aristotle this today. I know that there are some really special moments coming for Cal before the end of the season. You can just yeah. feel it. That team hasn't quit no. and they've, 
got amazing coaches and people in that program and, and they've got your Cinnabons. So what more could they possibly <laughs> I know, shoot, I might have to need? defect just for the, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I'll try whatever it takes because they were, it was like right there. They're just right there. So oh. yeah, I've been really proud of them this yep. year. So no, they have, they're, yeah. they're fighting just like you guys. All right. Well, Sarah, it has been just a gift to get to, to talk with you more and get to know you even better. And I will see you in Berkeley very soon. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, she was amazing. And I know that that is now you understand why I yes. wanted to connect you too, because Sarah is awesome. Our thanks to her. Yeah. And I again, want half her energy. I know she's just, she has beautiful energy and the fact that, and it's so giving, and she was so real about it, about like that there are moments that she has when she kind of has to just like go in the bathroom and cry. Cause it's too much. Right. Can you, I mean, and that's the thing yeah. and, and you're living every single second of the day you can't put your phone down. Every sound you hear, you're wondering if your kid, if it's right. Your kid she had to leave the, the interview room. at one point to check on check on her son. Yes. Like, oh gosh, yeah. it's yeah, that's uh, that, and you're always on edge. That would be just such a hard hard thing to how to live. And she does yeah. it with grace and positivity. And wow, she's she's amazing. She is amazing. she is a superhero. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. So our thanks to her. And again, helmets for helmets.com. Go check it out. They're doing some great work. Donate. And we'll also Please. link to that. Yeah. Donate Please. for sure. And March 18th, if you're in the Bay area, um, I'll, we'll send more information about that event as well as it comes together. Uh, the last thing that I will say is that I really loved her perspective on growing up as the daughter of an NFL player, yeah. because you hear sometimes that it's, People don't always have that experience that it's good. Oh, and that it's she happy. said it. Yeah, she said it was like a perfect childhood, and yeah. and her, and he played what for nineteen years, and yeah, she's so years. grounded, and she just attributes that to her parents, and it just I I want to like I want to be like I want to be like her sister. I know <laughs> they sound like the greatest parents, just amazing, and her dad being an offensive. I'm telling you, I think the most like I don't know the word to describe it wholesome but protective and smartest position on the field are offensive line. I mean, yeah. sorry, quarterbacks and running backs and safeties, yeah. but I do. Well, they do say the like you get more, the further away you get from the ball, the more of a diva you are. So sorry, Ed, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those wide receivers, those wide you know way no, way. but I agree with you. I, no, there just, is something about, and I, I've, I've gotten to know some offensive linemen in my day and there is, they, they're obviously very smart, but there is, you just kind of feel safe when you you're feel protected and safe. You yeah. really do. They're just a nice, just a good, warm, yeah. hearty, wonderful people in general. I mean, there's obviously strays, but yeah. in general, no, it's just a great, incredible. And they, they don't get a lot of accolades and they deserve they ac more accolades than anyone because that's where the whole thing care. starts. Yep. How good you are yeah. as a quarterback. I don't care if you're Christian Mccaffrey <laughs> and can run a million yards. It, if your line is a protecting and you. And just look really at the matter, good teams so. in the NFL. And those are the ones with the good O-line are the ones. Same in college. Yep. And at every level. Well, There's yeah. no doubt about it. I know. Awesome. Well, thank you to Sarah and Bryson. We love you. We are your biggest fans and are excited to see all that's to come for you because clearly you have an amazing family and a lot ahead in that, in that life of yours. So uh, the last thing I'll say is we've got a great guest again next week. Can't wait. Susan Culpo, yes. Olivia's mom. And there's a reality show out. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's going to be a lot of fun things to talk about with her. So do not miss that one. Be sure you're subscribed. Catch us on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there. It's going to be great. Lisa? Can't wait. I can't wait for that one. I love Susan. I love me some Susan Culpo. Love me some Susan Culpo. And that'll be our, our Thanksgiving episode. So we'll get some good Thanksgiving chat in that too. Love it. All right, everybody. Cook, we love you. So. Okay. She, yeah. She's an amazing cook, an amazing mom. Uh, our 
hearts go out to all the amazing moms out there and the dads too. Yeah. We can give the oh, dads Ed, some love. Ed this weekend helped me for two minutes with some Christmas decorations and was like, oh, I need my own podcast called Your Husband. I'm like, oh my gosh, calm down. Really? You're home for five minutes. You like hang <laughs> one string of lights and you just, you think you've you got it down. I, I, I yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have down. to do a Your Husband episode sometime <laughs> soon for that string of lights. Cause I bet that string of lights looks. Oh, just amazing. Yeah. And he overthought it too. It took him like an hour. Like I go up, I'll do it in one second. It's like, well, this extension cord is too long and it's not the right <laughs> color. I'm like, I, it doesn't matter. Just doesn't do it. Matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyway. All right. Your husband episode coming out soon. <laughs> Thanks everybody.